This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. Now, today, I want to round up on the subject of repentance that I've been preaching. I said I'll round up last week, but I couldn't. Because every time I pray, the Lord reveals to me areas that must be attended to. And because it's a foundational doctrine, we have to make sure that it's done and is done properly. And I pray that you have been re-listening to the messages so that you can get a good understanding. Because I have come to the realization through the help of the Holy Spirit that unless you repent, it is difficult to walk in faith. And you have to walk in faith because the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And he that Come to him must believe that he is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. So I believe. Good. So I believe that we must really have a good foundation of repentance. We must understand it. We must we must see what exactly is involved, and therefore let it always guide our walk. Hallelujah. Now, I've tried to define it several times from different angles, but it's simply, it's simply a change of mind, a change of purpose, a change of direction, a change of heart towards God. Now, if we want to understand what repentance is and why that change is needed, we go back to the beginning of beginnings, and that is Genesis chapter 3. We see in Genesis chapter 3 that everything was fine. God has created man after creating the God, I mean, building the garden and doing everything that was needed God now found the need to create a caretaker to create somebody that is like him and the Bible tells us that God created man in his image and then God also went on to say that man being alone is not good for him so he decided to create a help meet for him now unfortunately I don't know how long they were there before this event occurred but what we see is that Satan came to give them another agenda. And that agenda, that agenda was different from 
please, can you unpin me? I don't want to see myself. I want to see the communication. Good. So, the Bible says Satan came with a proposal, a new agenda. Remember, God man and given man a clear agenda to be in charge of what he has created according to the word of God in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 the Bible says that and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living soul. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it. So it means that the man was not created in the garden. I don't know where he was created. Don't ask me. But he said, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So there's clear definition of the purpose of man's creation. The purpose of man's creation is to, to care for the things of God, is to care for the things that God has prepared for his life. So he has a duty to dress. He has a duty to dress and keep the garden. And the Lord God told man, saying, of every tree of the garden you freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou shalt eat it, thou eatest it therefore, thou shalt die. And then the Lord God went ahead and said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And the Lord created for man a woman. So we see clearly, we see clearly what God has for man. But unfortunately, Satan came in the, in the form of the serpent to give man another agenda, which is, you don't have to be a vine dresser. You don't have to keep the vine, or you don't have to keep the garden. You can actually be like God, and you also create your own garden, and create other things to keep it for you. By eating the very fruit or the very tree that God said you should eat. So you see, Satan came to give man another agenda. And so God is saying that if you want to come back to me, if you and, and that agenda, that agenda actually separated us from God. Because the result of it was that they were put out of the garden. They, get they, were, they were put out of the garden. And he said, go and fend for yourself. And we've been fending for ourselves for a long time. And we realize that it's not easy. It's not easy because, you see, we are not fending for ourselves without the help of God. But we are fending for ourselves without the help of God and the opposition of Satan. I, I don't know if you understand how difficult it is. That Lawrence, as you are busy trying to fend for yourself, Satan is also making plans to make all your effort come to nothing. So the problem is that we are not fending for ourselves as it is like God has left us. Go and look for your own food 
and go and sort out your life. No. We are fending for ourselves in the presence of an enemy of God. Who is against us? Because he, he didn't create us. God was the one who created us. Satan didn't create us. And therefore has nothing to lose by spoiling our lives. He has all to gain by, by, by revenging his defeat, his defeat from heaven by God, by using us as a revenge. So you see here that unfortunately man did not realize that as he has been created, he was not complete. In fact, he was not complete. And that there was something in the garden that he should have had a go at, that he should have eaten, that will actually make him like God. So, so that was in Genesis 3, 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Now let him put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Do you get it? In other words, in the God, there was a higher agenda for, for man to aim for. And that is the agenda to live forever. And just by following God and obeying God, he would have stumbled on the tree of life. And that would have made him eat forever, eat the tree of life. And we don't know what this tree of life would do to him. But obviously, the tree of life will make him better. The tree of life definitely will make him better than the tree of knowledge of knowledge of good and evil. Because in spite of your knowledge of good and evil, you, you still cannot be God. Because God never dies, but you will die. I, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. And so this is very important as we share on this repentance that in repentance, we are coming back from where we left off. We are coming back to God with our whole heart to say like the prodigal son, we belong to you completely and whatever you tell us is what we will do. You see, when the prodigal son came back in Luke chapter 15, I hope you are showing the scriptures. When the prodigal son came back in Luke chapter 15, he came and said, I am willing, and not only willing, but I'm ready to be one of your hired servants. He said, verse 21, 15, 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee. I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be thy son. But the father did not even allow him to speak. But what he said to himself, because before he even said of his in verse 18 and 19, he says, I would arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And the Bible says, and he arose. So he came back to God or to his father 
ready to be a servant, to serve the Father, to do what the Father wants to be done. Because a servant, that's the will of his master. Hallelujah. Now, that is what is expected of us when we repent. We come back to God and to do what God wants us to do. And we must come back to God with our hearts, not with our mouth or not with our words. But we must come back to God with our hearts. Why am I preaching this message? I'm preaching this message to explain to us that a lot of us are deceived by our presence in church, by our church activities, and by our trying not to drink and to smoke. Meanwhile, our heart is not turned back to God to, to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And until our heart comes to that place where it will turn to God and do what God wants us to do, we cannot say we have repented. And it will show as we try to work with God. Because everything will be at issue. Whatever He tells us to do, will not be what we want to do. Because you see, the Bible says that out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of the heart are the issues of life. What you give yourself to is dependent on what is on what is in your heart. So if your heart is not given to God, but is given to something else, whenever God calls you to do something, or whenever God expects you to be in a particular place or give yourself to something, you will discover that your heart is towards something else. So it becomes difficult. And that is what is actually the case of a lot of us as Christians. And what it's doing is that it's robbing us. Let me say it again. It's robbing us of what is ours in this life. It's robbing us of what will cause our lives to flourish. It's robbing us of what will make our lives glorious. And in particular, in particular, I mean, what I'm talking about is the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Most of us, our words fall to the ground. We can't say anything and it will come to pass. Most of us, when we get to a junction, we don't even know, we don't hear from God. We are not informed by it. The, the, the power of God, or we are not informed by the Spirit of God to make us take steps as if we know the future. And the reason, the reason is because, and the reason is because we have come to God with our mouth, but our heart is unchanged. We have not repented. We have not turned back and said, Lord, it's not my will, but it's your will. Lord, I have not created myself. You are my creator. Lord, I don't sustain myself. You sustain me every day. Therefore, what you want for me to do today is what I want to do. Even as I'm going to work. I'm going to work because your word says we have to labor or we have to work to eat. But as I go to work, I know that I'm not going to there for myself. But I'm going to avoid there because there is something you want me to do whilst I'm at this workplace. Like Daniel in captivity. He was there to represent God in captivity to the Babylonians and all his friends. So they, they were mindful of God, even in their situation. Hallelujah. So I'm not saying that if your heart is to God, you won't work. You won't do anything. No. You will do whatever you want to do. But because your heart is to God, 
you will see the things that God wants you to do even where you are. Even where you are. You will represent God when you talk to your boss. You will represent God when you interact with your friends. You will represent God when you, whoever deals with you will feel that there's something special about you. There's a presence with you. They will feel it and they will ask you things. When everybody else is afraid and when everybody else is confused and everything, you, you see, by the God, because you are conscious of God and because you are representing God, you will be calm. Because like Paul, the Spirit will stand by you or an angel of the Lord will stand by you and tell you, be calm. Nothing will be lost. Everybody will be saved. Hallelujah. So I, I, I pray that we understand these basic, basic doctrines of repentance so that we check ourselves and, and correct ourselves and let our hearts be to God. You know, most of us, sadly, sadly, have dreams. But do you know the dreams we have? Do you know the dreams we have? Most of us have dreams of what we didn't get when we were children. Or what we missed out in this life. They are not dreams of accomplishing something that would be a blessing to other people. Most of us don't have dreams of, I want to build a factory. Or I want to build a business so that I can feed thousand people. Most of us don't have that dream. Most of us, our dream is to buy a car because I, I wanted to drive this car, but my father didn't have the money. Most of us, our dream is to sleep or live in a certain area. Not because it's going to be something it's going to take us or going to cause us to stand out like a star. Look at your dreams. I said, look at your dreams. As, as the person sitting by you, please, it looks like Bishop is seeing you right here. And he's asking you to look at your dreams. What, what are your dreams? Okay, you have all those dreams, and then what next? Most of us don't have dreams that are even of any substance. You. What is your dream? What is your dream? If it's not a car and if it's not a house, then what is it? And how would the car help you? Or what would the car do for your neighbors? How would driving the staying in the house you stay in, how would they help your village? But God wants to give you a dream that makes you significant in heaven. I said, God wants to give you a dream that makes you significant in heaven. Amen. So as we read, or as we proceed, I want to make mention of this because it has come up in a few discussions that I've had that there is a difference between repentance that is demanded by Jesus or by God for us to be able to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and therefore receive forgiveness for our sin. You see, that is, that is the repentance that God demands of us. It's the repentance of accepting God, that God is right, I'm wrong. It's a repentance that whatever God says is the best for my life, not what I see. Therefore, I come to submit myself to Him with all my heart and everything. I will do His will. 
and I accept the way he has chosen for my salvation, which is Jesus Christ. And therefore, I receive Jesus as God's Son sent to die for my sins, to atone for my sins in his death, and to be justified in his resurrection. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. This is what is required of us. Where, first of all, we turn our hearts to God and say, Lord, I've looked around, I've checked everything, and I realize that it is a mistake on my part to want to be my own God because it will not help my life. First of all, I'm not a giver of my life. Secondly, I'm not a sustainer of the life. Everything, my bread and everything is, is with you. Therefore, it is wise for me to submit myself to you and to your will. And in so doing, I accept your way that you have chosen for me to come to you, which is through Jesus. And so I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I believe in his death. I believe in his resurrection. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. That is now the beginning of your journey. Hallelujah. Now, in the process, as you walk, there will be things that you know God says you shouldn't do. That Jesus says you shouldn't do all you should do that we didn't do and all those things now those are the things that we confess those are the things that we confess so that you see that one is you may say you repent in other words we use the same word repent but it's not repent in that sense it's more of accepting that what i did is wrong and asking god for forgiveness and you see that is why in 1 John 1.8 it says if we say we have no sin we make God a liar and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness he didn't say if we repent of our sins because for it to come to God you have repented but whilst in God because you have the flesh that now is also fighting you and your spirit that man grow. There will be mistakes. There will be things you shouldn't do that you do. Like David. When he saw the woman. Look, David's heart was with God. But unfortunately, his eyes and the feelings, whatever he saw. I don't want to I don't I don't pray to be him because I don't know what he saw and what it made him do. But what I know is that he did wrong. And he accepted his wrong and prayed for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Good. So there's a difference between repentance, which is to turn back to God, and a confession of our sins when we are after we have turned back to God in our walk when we go astray. We 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 it is it is because we have repented. That is why when we go astray, we even accept it and we even feel that we have gone wrong. Think about yourself. For some of you who have had pre-born again sins and post-born again sins, you realize that in your pre-born again sins, it didn't even feel like sin. It's like there was nothing to worry about. In fact, you just slept happily. You feel good. But after you got born again, after you have turned your heart to God and everything, now when you, you, you did the same thing or even almost did the same thing, now all of a sudden you are feeling so guilty you don't even want to to take calls 
to come to church and all those things. You see, that that thing is 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 something that is telling you that you agree that what you did was wrong. So what you need to do is to go to God and tell him that I accept. I shouldn't have done it. You made different provisions for me to stop and for it not to have happened. But I was disobedient. Therefore, I ask for forgiveness and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus and reunite me with yourself. Amen. So that is confession. That is confession. Somebody will say, ah, but if that is the case, then I'll just have to, I'll continue to sin and be confessing. It's because you don't know what sin does to you. That's why you want to continue to sin. It's because you don't know what sin does to you. That's why you continue to sin. But that is for another day. Amen. Good. Now, I want to proceed and to explain something to you which has to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, in our turning back to God and in our receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there's one promise that makes all the difference in our Christian walk. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, many people don't, you see, we feel that the Holy Spirit is for the pastors, is for the serious church people. The Holy Spirit is for everybody who has repented. Everybody who has turned their hearts to God and say, Lord, I want to do your will. Whatever you say is what I want to do. Without the Holy Spirit, no man can do the will of God. And without the Holy Spirit, your life will not be blessed. It is the Holy Spirit's presence and contribution and participation, communion in your life here on earth, that makes your life blessed. So for those of you who are not interested and don't think of how can I know you more, and get closer to you, you are making a big, big, big mistake. Because without the Holy Spirit's communion in your life, your life would be dry. Your life will not see the promises of God. The Holy Spirit is the agent of God. The Holy Spirit is the God in, in spirit who is with you to do everything. Hallelujah. And, and I want to show you this. In Jeremiah chapter 24. I'm almost done preaching. Eh? Jeremiah 24. Let me start from verse 1. But I'll jump the verses. It says. The Lord showed me. And behold, two baskets of pigs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Joachim of Judah, and the princess of Judah with the carpenters and so on. One basket had very good pigs, and the other basket had very naughty pigs, and so on. Now, verse 4. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, like these good things, so I would acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah. 
whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans, Chaldeans or Chaldeans, for their good. And listen, the verse 6 and 7 is what. Okay, the, yeah, the verse 6 and 7 is it. For I will set my eyes upon them. For I will set my eyes upon them for good. And I will bring them again to this land. And I will build them. And not pull them down. And I will plant them. And not like them. And listen to what God is saying. As he is trying to redo everything. This is what he's saying. I'm showing you the place of repentance. He says, and I will give them a heart to know me. That they will know me that I am the Lord. They are not the Lord. They will know me not as just a Father Christmas. As many of us have been made to think about God, that God is a Father Christmas. When we cry, then he runs to our aid and brings us things. No. He says, I will give them a heart to know me. That I am the Lord. I am I'm the one in charge. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God. For, listen, he said, For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Do you get it? It is, you see, the reason why he will be their God is because they will return with him or they will return to him with their whole heart. Not part heart. I hope you understand it. That the blessings of God will come upon us when we return with our whole heart. Amen. So this is a verse that actually shows you the, the place of repentance in the scheme of God. In the things of God. But the verse that I wanted to read for you, I think is Isaiah. Uh, let me check. Isaiah. Isaiah 31. Sorry, Isaiah 32, rather. Isaiah 33. Are you there? Isaiah 32, verse 11. I am just starting to read from the middle just to see time. Verse 11. Isaiah 32, verse 11. It says, Tremble ye women that are at ease. Be troubled, ye careless ones. Strip you and make you bare, and get and get sackcloth upon your loins. They shall lament for the teeth, for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. Upon the land of Matipo shall come up thorns and brides. Yea, upon all the houses of joy in the in the jail city. Because the palaces are that because the palaces shall be forsaken, the multitude of the city shall be left, and the forts and the towers shall be dense forever, a joy of wild asses, a pasture of flood. Listen, verse 15. You see, this is what will happen. This is what will happen until, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high. Then when the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, 
the wilderness be a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field and the work of righteousness shall be peace you see the peace you want in your life would come from the work of righteousness that will come upon you because of the holy spirit and he said and my people shall dwell in the peaceable habitation and in sure building and in quiet resting place hallelujah when it shall heal coming down on the forest and the city shall be low in low place Blessed are ye that sow besides all waters, that send forth either the feet of the ox and the axe. And they ask, Amen. But you see, the point I want you to take note of is that the role of the Holy Spirit in you and my life, in my life and your life, in our lives. It says, as, unless it's, everything will be dry until the Holy Spirit, like rain, is poured upon us. And what do you see? You see, in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus told the many disciples, he told them, don't go anywhere. Wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. And we see that, listen carefully, we see that when the promise came, the promise of the Holy Spirit came. The Bible says that they received power. And power to be witnesses unto God. Now, listen carefully. This is a little advice I want to give to you. If you want to see the, and experience the Holy Spirit in your life, be interested in what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, if you would open. Verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power, after that, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, so we see clearly here that when the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit is present, the Holy Spirit is interested in saving souls. So he comes to us to make us witnesses of Jesus. And you see, Unless we see this as very important, which you see, unfortunately, more, Satan has deceived us to move away from where the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, like I read that, is flowing to save souls. And Satan has told you, don't be interested in that. Just be interested in Sunday morning church. Don't, don't bother yourself with all this soul winning business. Don't care about anybody. But listen. God cares about the souls that man saved. And that is why he's even patient. And your greatest mistake you will make is to minus yourself from the business of soul winning. To minus yourself from the business of soul winning is to minus yourself from the place of, or from, to minus yourself from the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. You 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 minus yourself from your blessing. 
Because listen, without the Holy Spirit, your life will be dry. Oh, I'm telling you, no matter how much you wish for God's blessing, it will take His Spirit. And His Spirit is not in our lives to follow us. His Spirit is in our lives to lead us. And His Spirit is in, a, is in this world to call, to call souls to God, to give everybody an opportunity, to give everybody a chance. You see, the judgment of God is a is, is actually love. God judges us by loving us. That is why some people were saying all sorts of things. And Peter said that whatever God has promised about the judgment, it will come to pass. But the delay, the delay in coming to pass is because he doesn't want anybody to perish. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Hallelujah. Let's start, let's start from verse 1. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. If you don't mind. Do you mind? Should I start from verse 1? Okay. This is, this second epistle, beloved, I now write on, unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before, by the holy prophets and of the commandments of the apostles of the Lord and our Savior. Knowing this best, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own last. Scoffers, people who are making fun and speaking nonsense because they are walking after their own last. And what would they be saying? They will say, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the judgment? Since he left, nothing is happening. Every day we hear Jesus is coming. But listen to what he says. He said, for since, uh, and they will, they will say that, where is, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But verse 5 says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. In other words, they are ignorant that the Lord has destroyed the world before. They are ignorant that the, the Lord has destroyed the world before. Is it whereby the world that was dead was being overflowed with water? But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, 
and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9 is the best we want to be to show you how much God loves people to be saved. He said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it's long suffering towards us. The word long suffering is the same word also love. Because the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 30, verse, it says, Love is long suffering. Love is it so is it but it's long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are you understanding something here? You see, people repenting and turning to God is very important to God. So it's like if he has to delay, he is delaying so that people will have a chance. I said, God is not a traffic cop who is hiding to catch you. He loves me and you. And he loves his creation. And he wants to give his creation an opportunity. So this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to make us able to, to, to bring the gospel, to bring the good news to others. And if you want the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want to enjoy the blessing of the Holy Spirit, then join yourself to what God is doing, which is to save souls. And whatever is lacking in your life, that makes you unable to be a witness. Today, I pray for the supply of that grace. May your heart be filled with the desire for people to be saved. And may God anoint you that as you open your mouth to speak to people, they will turn to God to encourage you. And whatever the enemy has used to deceive you, to make you think that telling people about Jesus is for only specific people, may that thing not be able to deceive you again. May your eyes open and may you see that it is actually your blessing because in that field, in that direction, you have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that will make your mind fruitful, that will make your, your, your life peaceful, that will make your life righteous, that will cause you to enjoy the good things of this life. You shall never reject so with you, but your heart shall go out to the lost souls. This is a repentant heart. The heart that repents. Is a heart that wants to do God's will. And the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise of judgment. But he's playing late acts because he doesn't want anybody to perish. And they are depending on you and me not to perish. So if God has given them a chance, why would you be the one that will not give them that chance? By refusing to go. I pray that we shall rise up. In the saloons. Wherever we are. At our workplaces. In the marketplaces. Everybody will get an opportunity to speak with. Lord anoint us with your spirit. Grant us boldness. That we shall testify. 
of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet. That through our lives, your will will be established. Your will of not wanting souls to perish will happen through our lives because we will be your voice, we will be your witnesses. Equip us, equip us, O oh Lord, by your spirit and supply every life in our lives that we are able to be witnesses unto you. Deliver us from the things that makes it difficult for us to testify about and give us grace, O oh Lord, to stand and not fall. That we may testify about you boldly, that we may be blessed and receive your help in our lives. Thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for today. We know that Lord, even as we repent, as we surrender our hearts to you, you will bless our lives because you will be our God and you will prosper us as we do your will. We will have abundance of all good things. But we will live for a purpose. Not just for good things, but for a purpose. I pray peace in our lives. I pray your help. Show up when we have no one to help us. Open doors that have been closed against our lives. That you have intended to be open, Lord, I pray you open it. And I ask, O oh Lord, that every need under the sound of my voice shall be met. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I know that some of us would have to repent today, and the Lord is calling you. Listen, God is great. God is great, and He will not waste your life as you surrender to Him. Your life. So as the altar call is made, don't hesitate and don't say, why should I? You should. You should because it will be a better life for you. You will not gain by rejecting God. There's no way you can gain. Even if Satan tells you anything, you can never gain. Because he will not help you. He will oppose you. But as you come to God and say, you are my creator, the giver of my life. Therefore, I come to surrender to you. He will give your life the good things of this life, but he will make your life also purposeful. You will find fulfillment. You will find peace. You will find joy. And you will find his favor in your life. Therefore, as every head is bowed, and as every eye feels, as a person makes the altar call, I ask you to respond and say yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here with all eyes closed and every head bowed down, as you have heard Bishop preach, you know in your heart that you are the one he is talking to. That I am the one that needs to give their life to Jesus today. For many years, I've gone my own ways. I've lived my, I lived my own life and done my own things. But today I turn around and I'm coming to God. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus today. I want that opportunity. If you are here today, I want you to lift your hand right now. I want you to lift your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus. 
You want to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are here. You are here. You are here. You have come. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.